Hey guys, Seth here representing the Education Committee. And I'm going to talk to you briefly about our recent rollout of the Emergency Department Airway Checklist. For some background, this is just what it sounds like. A step-by-step -step itemized list to help prepare a team for intubation. The purpose of the checklist is to optimize intubation outcomes with planning, patient preparation, and gathering necessary equipment. Copies of the checklists can be found in a number of places around the department. There are eliminated copies of each roll top on AC. There's one attached to the storage monitor, and there is one attached to the storage blades as well. Planning for intubation consists of establishing team roles, medication needs, and communicating not only a plan A, but a plan B. Ideally, this is also when the team should perform a timeout. Patient preparation should be a multidisciplinary team approach. The team should ensure adequate IV access, oxygen delivery for pre and post intubation, as well as appropriate monitoring equipment. Other considerations are airway assessment, such as a melon potty score, C-spine stabilization, and other physiologic concerns. Finally, the patient should be optimally positioned for intubation. The team should ensure that all equipment needed, both for a plan A and a plan B, is readily available. Primary equipment, such as a BVM with peak valve, viral filter, and video laryngoscopy, must be in the room. Backup equipment, such as a difficult airway box or fiber optic scope, can be set up outside the room as needed. I have a few reminders to leave you with. Any member of the resuscitation team can advocate for the checklist, but ultimately, this is a nurse-driven measure. There will be times when a checklist is not appropriate, such as in the crashing or emerging airway, and that's just real life. Lastly, we should remember that this is all in the name of patient safety and we should do all we can to perform at the highest level for our patients. Welcome to the first ever UVMMC Emergency Department podcast. The intent of this podcast is to bring more information to the masses, and we hope that you will listen in your car, on a walk, or while doing dishes. Anything goes. Please remember, this is a grassroots effort, and as interest develops, so will content and technology. Today, we have Kathy Walsh here to chart about QA, followed by Seth Kunkel from the Education Committee to talk about the airway checklist. Hey, Kathy, welcome. Hi, Jada, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, well, thanks for being here. Let's talk a little more about QA. We've got a couple of different um, ways that we deliver QA here at UVMMC, and I know a lot of you out there are familiar with what we call uh, the large QA, which is led an in-depth review led by, <clears throat> excuse me, an emergency medicine resident. Usually there's two cases that are reviewed within the hour that bring in a bunch of literature, evidence-based practice and all of that. That's not what we're talking about here today. We're talking about what we here in the QA world call small QA. Kathy, what is small QA? So uh, I guess first the logistics of that, small QA meets every thir first Thursday of the month from 9 to 11. Um, and essentially it's a two hour um, format where we go through usually about 10 to 12 cases. These are cases that are referred to us from a variety of sources. Um, we get cases referred to us um, from you know, staff in the emergency department with various concerns or um, you know, other departments that have concerns about care. We also review cases from safe reports or from the Office of Patient and Family Advocacy. Um, we also look at uh, patients who return to the emergency department after being discharged within 72 hours. 
So there's a whole big pool of um, cases that we go through. And you know, at this meeting, we have a group of, um, usually there's some you know, various providers there, nursing. Um, you know, sometimes we're lucky enough to get uh, some techs and some social work there, but it's really meant to be um, you know, multidisciplinary. Our residents come to, and um, usually there's a pretty rich discussion about these cases, trying to identify you know, where things may have gone wrong, whether or not there were any sort of errors or adverse events, and then trying to think about how we can prevent that in the future. All right, great. And what do, generally speaking, Kathy, what do you think people gain from participating in these discussions? Well, I think that it's really educational, at least that's been my own personal experience. I, you know, that's what keeps me doing this is you know, how much I continue to learn from it. Um, I think it's an opportunity to interact with your, you know, with your colleagues that's you know, off the floor. Our ships are really hectic and busy. And we don't always have time to really chat about uh, kind of the details of cases and like, what would you do in this circumstance? And so I think that these um, these meetings really provide a great way to do that and you know, to learn and you sort of compare your practice to other people's practice and you know, everyone learns from each other at these meetings. What have you found, Jada? Yeah, same. You know, I feel like it's two hours of free education for me. Um, I constantly learn little tidbits here and there and then I learn some, some pretty major things as well too. So um, it's a really great environment that um, you know, I've been doing, I've been participating for a couple of years now. And I think what I've seen is the transition of it used to be very, um, you know, people didn't want to identify that this was their case. And it used to be very um, much more formalized. And I think throughout the years, it's morphed into a very informal, rich education or discussion about a case. And people are now stepping up saying, hey, this was my case. And can you guys weigh in? Because this was my thought process. Share yours with me. Um, which I think that makes for a much more collegial approach. And it's a very, it's never been a punitive manner whatsoever, but it's even more open now, which I truly enjoy, enjoy that approach. I totally agree. And again, who's invited to these cases? So everybody, that's uh, really, and I, the more people that are there, I think the more we all learn from each other. And so um, again, I, faculty, residents, PAs, um, nursing, techs, social work, um, we love for people to come and participate. If you um, don't feel like you wanna sort of pipe in right away, you certainly, you know, you don't have to participate. You can just listen, but um, it's really meant to be like a, um, informal sort of environment where anyone can voice any concern they have. Um, so I would really encourage you guys to make it. You don't have to come to all of it. You can come in for just a little while. Um, and then I would also really encourage everyone to refer any cases they have any concerns about. Um, and that you know, that's, again, how we learn, how we get better is kind of talking about these things and learning about, uh, you know, learning from what happened. So please refer cases too. But everybody is invited. Everyone's invited, and for right now, are they hybrid model, continue to be on Zoom? Mm. What do you see the next six months as far as the venue goes for QA? So I think it may be that next month we go back to some in-person stuff, but it's been um, over Zoom right now, and we'll certainly continue to have a Zoom option for people who um, you can't make it in person because, let's be honest, driving to the hospital can be a bit of a pain on your day off. Um, so let's uh, we'll definitely keep something on Zoom so that way we can um, encourage as many people to come as possible. Great. And if someone were to refer a case, what would that process look like? Um, so you can just send us an email. So you can either send an email to, sometimes it's easier to remember people's names. So you can send one to Catherine Walsh or Data Barton or Mark Bizonzo. But we do have a central QA email, um, which is 
Um, I'll give you it now. It's edqa administration at uvmhealth.org. Um, which is a bit of a long one, which is not so easy to remember. So we can send out an email so that you guys have that. Um, but either, you know, in-person email or to that account, either one is totally fine. Great, great. And I think, Kathy, for the future, for the uh, future of this podcast, at least, we're going to start to have a conversation around one or two cases, probably one case to start to kind of have a little more in-depth review of different situations here in the ED. And I look forward to that. Um, thanks for joining us here, Kathy, today. Um, and thank you out there for listening. Thanks.